Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Okay, well, like, I think we're all up to speed on this story, right? So last week, BC announces that it's uh, going to set up this new process to review spill response or something to that effect. And in the meantime, uh, it would uh, restrict any increase in bitumen shipments through BC. Now, of course, it doesn't directly reference the Trans Mountain Pipeline, but it's a pretty clear shot at the pipeline. That essentially BC is trying to say, we're not going to let it be built. It's not going to be built until we say it can be built which is obviously not how it works. The federal government decides when and where pipelines are going to get built. So it's been met with a lot of consternation here in Alberta, an angry response from Premier Notley and and pretty much every other politician in Alberta. The response from the prime minister at this point has not been angry, certainly not angry enough for a lot of folks uh, here in Alberta's liking. And at least for now, he has reiterated that the pipeline is going to get built. Uh, Not everybody's buying that, or at least not everybody's convinced by that. There were those who feel that we need to to respond here. We need to let BC know that that we're serious, that we don't appreciate this, that they're going to be bad neighbors, we'll be bad neighbors. If they're going to do something to harm our economy, we're going to do something to harm their economy. And even Premier Notley has hinted uh, at, at further repercussions or further sanctions. So what might that look like? How could we most effectively squeeze B.C.? And what would be the impact on Alberta, though? Because I don't think we can do anything meaningful without having consequences in our own backyard, can we? Well, fortunately, our next guest has been uh, researching uh, some of these important questions. Tristan Hopper writes for the National Post, and uh, he joins us on the line here this afternoon. Tristan, how are you? Very good. Thanks for having me. Very good. So we, we brought Saskatchewan to its knees, uh, so, this, so that's, that's good. Now we got a big, big problem with BC. So wh- what have you heard about potential responses, and how realistic are they? Uh, not tremendously realistic. So unfortunately, uh, I mean, I think it's fair to say this is a common Alberta fantasy. You know, jerk us around. We'll, we'll shut off the electricity and you'll freeze in the dark. Uh, sort of the what I like to call the Vladimir Putin uh, method of diplomacy. Of course, uh, Putin is famous for shutting off natural gas to uh, Europe in order to get his way. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, the more I probed into the economics of this, it seemed like basically uh, a bad idea on every metric uh, I could possibly find. So the worst we could possibly do to B.C. Uh, is that uh, mildly inconvenience them, uh, at the um, expense of destroying our economy uh, potentially permanently. Damn. Well, that's not good. Okay, so let, let's look at, at some of what's been proposed, because we already have the existing Trans Mountain Pipeline. This mm-hmm. new project, right. so of the, course, the, would The whole proposal that. Is, that, is that you would shut down uh, the, the existing Trans right. Mountain. I, I'm sure a lot of BC anti-pipeline types maybe don't even know this thing exists, but uh, it's the pipeline that's been in place since the 1960s that connects to Vancouver. 
And so what would happen if we shut it off? Uh, so uh, it's an interesting pipeline because it's a multi-use pipeline. Most pipelines are, we only ship crude or we only ship diesel or we only ship gas. So the Trans Mountain Pipeline ships all kinds of things. It's a rainbow of petroleum products. So if you shut it down, the estimates I got from the Kent Group, uh, which is a petroleum consultancy, they said, well, this, this pipeline supplies about 300 gas stations worth of fuel to BC uh, every day. Uh, so if you shut it down, suddenly that's 300 gas stations who aren't able uh, to get fuel. Now, uh, if, BC, if, if BC was, say, Saskatchewan, that would really screw with them because they have, it's, it's harder to get alternative sources uh, of gasoline supply. But the problem is, the problem with our whole strategy here is we're dealing with a uh, internationally traded global commodity uh, that there's basically a system that's been in place over a hundred years to ensure that you can always get oil at any time if any one uh, supply shuts off. Uh, so we would shut down this supply and then uh, oil and gasoline traders in Vancouver know the score and they would very easily be able to find substitutions uh, to the point where uh, the actual Vancouverite at the pump would only see sort of a mild uptick uh, to the gasoline price. A good example being, remember when Fort McMurray caught fire and all of the projects there shut down and there was no oil coming out of Alberta, well, at least substantially reduced? Mm -hmm. It's not like um, Vancouver motorists were paying $3 uh, a liter for gas. I mean, there was just a slight uptick. So this would be like any other international crisis. It's a pain in the butt at the pump, but it's not catastrophic, which is what we'd be hoping for. Uh, I mean, you would want to shut down the pipeline so you can just, you know, destroy uh, Vancouver. I mean, they're paying $3 a liter. They can't drive. The buses are stopped. Uh, the air traffic is suspended. I mean, that would be the ideal outcome, but it's just not feasible. It is, it is interesting, as you call it, an ironic twist, though, that if we did shut off the pipeline and they had to find other sources, those sources would be trucks would be trains that's how they'd have to get their oil instead right exactly so as they were scrambling uh to get alternative sources so if you could shut down uh the entire trans mountain system so if we could you know be friends with kinder morgan and sort of collude with them uh yeah that's uh that even beyond just shutting off the oil supply i mean restricting the ability to use it at all yes you would have to fill the gap with fuel barges from washington state oil trains from say north dakota uh, like uh, fuel trucks coming up from Washington State. And, of course, the safest and least bit spilly way to move petroleum products is through a pipeline. So suddenly, suddenly you've replaced a pipeline with trucks that can tip over, trains that can tip over, barges that can sink. Uh, so I, I guess the only real political upside to this is that we'd have a much more, uh, we, we would essentially impose a much more dangerous system of moving petroleum in BC. And then every time a B train uh, tipped over, we could say, ha, huh, that's your fault because you weren't uh, nice to us. So we shut down the pipeline and now there's a bunch of seals dead or something. Now, in, ter in terms of what it would mean here in Alberta, I mean, let's say I had a, a, a sandals business and, uh, and I have a lot of uh, customers in B.C. They like their sandals out there. Uh, and we said we're going to stick it to, to those folks in B.C. We're going to cut off all, all sandals uh, exports. Uh, yeah, they, they'd be upset that they wouldn't have sandals to wear. But uh, me here in Alberta, my sandals selling business, that would hurt me, too. Right. So I mean, what about that side of, of any kind of retaliation? What does it mean here in Alberta? Uh, yeah, well, the problem is, uh, if Alberta had a Navy, 
that we could use to blockade the B.C. West Coast, we would have a lot more sway in these types of things. But, uh, of course, B.C. has a port. Uh, it has uh, one of the largest ports, I think second largest port uh, in Canada. Uh, so it can get whatever it wants from any other part of the world whenever it wants. So if we're going to just try to decide to cut uh, B.C. off from commodities we have, there's nothing Alberta has that B.C. can't find from anywhere else in the world uh, for about the same price. So all we can do is say, well, you'll have to pay five cents more per liter for your petroleum and, you know, maybe just a bit more for your beef that you'll just get from somewhere else in the world. So uh, it, it, we don't really have any leverage uh, over B.C. So B.C., has something we don't, which is a coast. Like, you know, good luck getting to Tidewater, you know, strike a deal with the NWT or something. Uh, so they have a coast that we don't have, and there's nothing Alberta has that BC doesn't have. Now, uh, I haven't looked into this too much. I mean, you could argue that we have access to the rest of Canada. So I, I don't have the stats on this, but you could see how much BC product has to move to Alberta to get through the rest of Canada so we could shut off. Uh, and you know, wine supplies or whatever. Uh, and then, so I, I think it'd be feasible to look into that to see uh, how many shipments of uh, exclusively BC products that are sold in, say, Ontario and Quebec that we could shut off uh, in a way that maybe they couldn't just reroute around us through the United States, which is also feasible. So, yeah, we don't, uh, we're definitely the, uh, they have more leverage over us than we have over them. So, so there would be economic blowback here. Economic blowback for shutting down the pipeline? Yes. So, well, first of all, it would be somewhat hypocritical. So what Alberta is saying right now, uh, I think correctly to BC, is saying, no, no, this is a federal jurisdiction. So you're just making up responsibilities for yourself. You're not a sovereign country, BC. You can't just unilaterally decide what comes in and, and what you want coming through your pipelines. Uh, so we'd be arguing that while at the same time it's also beyond provincial jurisdiction to take over a piece of infrastructure and use it in this petty trade war so at the same time we're saying oh you're being illegal bc um they could also counter and say well you shutting down a pipeline to sort of you know take the screws to us that's equally illegal so i think that's fair uh, and of course uh, unfriendly to business uh, i mean the the we get a lot of oil investment in alberta i mean it's typically a very favorable place to invest for oil because canada is a, a relaxed place uh, that's not run by crazy dictators which unfortunately is the case in a lot of places with oil uh, I mean, so if you're a oil major looking at where to direct uh, investment funds, if suddenly Alberta has just started taking over private property uh, to settle its feuds with neighboring governments, yeah, that's an unfriendly uh, investment climate. Uh, indeed it is. Well, people can read more of your analysis again, nationalpost.com. Tristan, uh, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us here. Anytime. Thank you. All right. There you go. Tristan Hopper with the National Post. So, I mean, it's, it's, these are questions worth exploring. I mean, he's, he's having a bit of fun with it, but, but in all seriousness, these, these options have been discussed and put on the table. Would it do uh, enough damage in B.C. to get their attention? What about the damage it might do here in Alberta? So he said we're probably limited in how much we can squeeze them, and, and there would be some blowback. Here's the thing, though. You know, and I wrote about this yesterday in the Herald, and I made a similar point last week. I think a lot of people are looking at this and saying, how can we stop what B.C. is doing? But I think we're giving B.C. too much credit. I mean, the question ought to be, how can B.C. stop the federal approval? Right. You know, B.C. is is acting, I think, pretty clearly outside its jurisdiction. So it's not immediately clear to me at all they can do anything here. So I, I think they need to demonstrate how they think this is going to work exactly. 
Now, there are other reasons why the pipeline's delayed. A lot of that has to do with the permit approval process, and in particular, Burnaby's efforts to try to slow that down. But if, hypothetically, tomorrow all the permits were granted and construction's about to begin, I, I don't know that B.C. could stop it. So, um, again, I, this, this pipeline is, is far from finished, but at the same time, I, I think it's far from dead. In the meantime, though, uncertainty is created. Uncertainty has a cost. Even the question about Canada as, as a reliable place to, to invest, there's consequences there, too. 974-8255. By the way, and a couple of people texted me about this, and Rachel Notley tweeted this out earlier today, and maybe this will get the B.C. government's attention because the United Steel Workers Union, very big uh, NDP supporter, and they're not happy. They've written a letter to the Minister of Environment of B.C. I write today to express the strong concerns of the United Steel Workers about the actions of the government of B.C. that it has announced that it intends to take to stop the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Members of the United Steel Workers are proud the pipeline will be using Canadian-made, USW-built pipe. But it's not just steel workers. Trans Mountain Pipeline will offer family-supporting employment to thousands of working people. We stand with them. This project has undergone a tremendous amount of scrutiny and a lengthy review process during which thousands of Canadians were able to voice their opinion. This process resulted in a green light from the Government of Canada. I respect that your government has a different opinion, but the appropriate level of government has made the decision after an exhaustive process. It is not within your government's jurisdiction to undo this decision by attempting to assume powers that do not exist within the Canadian Constitution. These actions are reckless and appropriate, send a dangerous message, and would set an even more dangerous precedent. On behalf of the United Steelworkers and working people whose livelihood depends on this project proceeding, I urge your government to withdraw its proposed actions. All right, 974-8255 is a number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.